Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good afternoon, 1215 service. How are you? I hope this year started with a blast for you like mine did. This fast was just phenomenal. When we started off, the one, base, one of the good things that happened is I lost 5 kgs. <laughs> but God has come through in so many ways. I am overwhelmed. Because God provided, as we prayed during this week, He has provided exceedingly abundantly above all that my wife and myself could have trusted for. He astonished us. He changed our hearts. And He restored relationships. We're in our Abide series, and uh, we're looking today... I'm going to look at the, the word gives life. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, the word gives life. Don't worry, this is not a bomb. <laughs> this is something I want to show you during the service. When I put it here, I lean, lean over to John and John, look at this like with me. I said, No, it's not a bomb. Don't worry. Uh, it's not a bomb. It is so great to be with you. If you've been with us for your first time and you, you choose to come and visit us, thank you for choosing the 1215 service and make us part of your experience in, in worshiping Jesus. It is such an honor to be together. Uh, I must be honest with you, I was so thrilled. I couldn't wait for this morning. I was excited when I woke up because this morning when I woke up, it's like 12:15 service is back and going. I can't wait to see your faces. I was really excited to be with you, and it's really to be great to be here with you. Uh, if you can uh, page with me to John 15, verse 19 to uh, oh my goodness, where am I going? We're going to to verse 29. So if you can page there, we're going to read through God's word quickly. And as I said, we are fa- we're focusing uh, today on the Word gives life. Wow. I was challenged this week when I went through the devotion. And I love the introduction to it, is that the Word is like bread. The next day, the Word is like a seed who falls into the ground and bears fruit. And it says that the the word is like a, uh, uh, help me quickly, what was the the other one? The the third one? Yeah, yeah, but what was the third one? What is the one that we did? A lamb, John, thank you very much. The word is like a lamb, and, and it's a lamb that, Basically, just give me light for my next step. And I love um, the Wednesday devotion because we led worship, uh, prayer and fast that night. The Word is like a mirror. And it reveals to us what is in our hearts. Oh, man, God's Word is just exciting. If I get a little bit excited today, bear with me, because, man, this is such an exciting subject for me. When it gets around God's Word, I know what it done in my life. 
I'm following Jesus for, well, as long as I have my memory, but there was a day that I made a full commitment to him when I was six years old. And since then, my mom has taught me to read the Bible every day. She sat with me. She started to teach me how to read the Bible. And I was one of the one of the fundamental things in my walk with Christ was the, the strength of the Bible in my life. And uh, then we looked at the word is like a hammer. <laughs> oh my goodness, was that a tough one? <laughs> because it, man, it, it just really sucked the heart. And then it is like the word is like a two-edged sword, right? That separate between marrow and bone and flesh. Oh my goodness, has the word done that for me over the years that I've been following Jesus? And then the conclusion is the word is like a foundation. I love that one because the word is like a foundation only when we apply it. When we hear and do it, it becomes a foundation in our lives. And doesn't the word of God excite you? Can we delight ourselves in the word of the Lord as we read it? See, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father is doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he wills. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passes from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and it's now, here. When the dead will raise, the dead will hear his voice and the Son of God. Can I read that again? Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and it's here, it's now here. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has lived in himself, so he has granted the Son also to live in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done, done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Amen. Wow, this week, I was pondering as I was meditating on the Scripture, and I felt God 
from my heart. But I, my wife knows this journey, and people who walk close with me, that with COVID and everything and conspiracy theories and all of that thing, something started to creep into the relationship between me and my mom. And we, we stay quite far from one another. And things become a little bit tense in this relationship. And when this fire started, I set the day aside to pray for my mother. And I felt God says to me, remember the jewel that you have stored, what your wife has stored for you. These things, if you don't know what it is, this is letters. I was in the army in the South African Defense Force in 1989. Young enrollment into the army. I was fearful. I was uncertain. I did not know what to expect. I had heard a lot of rumors, and oh my goodness, they were not good. But these letters was what my mom sent me during my time in the Defense Force. And as I went through these letters again, I started to realize things that my mom has said over me over those years, years and years back, that I started to forget. Because I have stored these letters away somewhere in a box and haven't read it for how long. But after I read it, I just was so encouraged and embraced with my mother's love. that I had to phone my mother. I had to send her a letter and I said, can you remember this letter? And something just splits and broken open in our relationship. And God used that moment to bring peace and restoration. As a young man, I, I, I grew up in, in uh, Emma Glenny, that time Woodbank. I remember that night at uh, 2200 hours, I was standing on the, on the railway station with my mom and dad next to me, and I ventured down this uh, uncertainty to Grahamstown Six Side with a lot of young men and a corporal who swears at me the whole time, and I have no idea why he's swearing at me. <laughs> and I'm on this train, and... Man, I'm uncertain. Where am I going? I don't even know where's Grahamstown. I've never been there before. How's the people going to be there? And the very first thing that happens when I landed there is they grab a, a, a hair clipper and they trim off all my hair. Oh my goodness, that I had a bunch of hair that I was proud of. <laughs> and man, was that a journey. And these letters of my mother and my father, my dad, my dad struggles with, with vision. He had about 20% vision. And as I opened these letters, I came across this one. And you can come and look afterwards how my dad struggled to write this letter to me. Just encouraging me to hold fast to the Lord. To encourage me to seek out spiritual family. To know that they love me and they care for me. And that the, the values that he taught me is so important in my life. And I must not let go of these things. And as I'm busy through the, through the, the book of uh, Proverbs, 
It, it just strikes me again of how Father instructs His Son not to, to deviate from, from His teachings. Today we're talking about the Word gives life. But you know what? So I went through the army and, and that uncertainty and it rained and you sleep outside in a bush and you, you've been chased and you've been swear at the whole time and your, your identity to come under question and conformity needs to happen and all of those things. These values, these letters was like, was like honey to me when I open it and I read it. Because for malarity, I knew my identity. I knew I was loved and that I was cared for. No matter who swears at me, <laughs> I know the words of my father. I remember his voice because I walked with him in relationship. So when I got this letter, I didn't think it's an imposter letter. I knew the man who wrote those letters. I knew the, I know the mother who wrote those letters because I've been walking with her for years. And when she says she loved me, I knew it. I didn't have to question it. Because I was walking in a relationship with her. For the word of God. To give life to us. We need to live in relationship. For this word to mean anything to us. We need to live in relationship. If you're looking for a three-point sermon, you're going to get it today. And our first point is relationship. Our second point is, again, our R, relate. And our last point is response. So if you're taking notes, that's my three points. But what I want to highlight is, for this word to come alive in our lives, we need to live in relationship. In John 5, 19, it says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on His own accord, but only what He sees the Father does. For whoever the fa what, whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loved the Son and showed Him all that He Himself is doing. Oh my goodness! That is a relationship! If you have a son, I, I remember Natasha and myself, we moved into this, into this, this, this place in, uh, in, in, in Blackheath. <laughs> and we changed the locks and stuff as we moved in because we didn't know who had keys and who didn't have keys. We don't want to be expected some strange visitors at night. So we had to change these locks. And uh, David comes up and he saw me changing a lock and he says, Dad, can I help you with that? Oh, I look at this story and I thought, man, this is going to take a while. If this man is going to have to help me, this is going to take a while. The next moment I gave him the scripture, I said, go ahead, son. And oh my word, is that guy struggling with that screwdriver? And I thought to myself, Lord, I could have done this in half the time. <laughs> but as he does it, we start to talk. And we just loved our moment together. It was so profound that it's deep in my memory that every time I think about it, it stirs something in my heart. This week, we started off with the introduction is, is that the word is like bread. 
our scripture came from Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And it spoke where where Moses speaks to the Israelites. And he says to them that God... Let you, uh, God let you get, what, how's the word going? Sorry, I, let me read it to you. It's better let me read it. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It doesn't say we don't need bread, but it says if we live only by physical bread, we shall not live. It says we can eat as much bread as we want to. Yes, you will be sustained for a short while but it will not keep you alive. It does not say that God don't want, that, that the physical is not necessary. What I love about the Scripture, the context that is happening is the Israelites came out of Egypt and they down this path towards the uh, promised land. And as they're on their way, they grew hungry, and they started to complain to Moses and says, we're hungry. Moses went to God, and God sent them manna. And Moses instructed them to go and fetch manna as much as they want to, and to collect manna and bring it. And then, but that what they collect the day they need to finish. Only on the sixth day, they had to collect double for the seventh day. God had no limit on how much they collect. You know, when we, we approach God's word, we, we need to come with an expectation. We need to come with an expectation. Oh my word, if it was me, I would have found the biggest basket I could get. Those Israelites, they would say, what is up with this man? Because I have an expectation. I have an expectation that God want to do something in me. That God want to change me. That He want to change my world. I know he can. Oh my goodness. And, and, and that was just the beauty for me. But this manna that they ate, when they tasted it, it was something that they did not know. Now in John 5, uh, John 1, verse 1, we found this scripture, and we all know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That manna was showing to Jesus who would have come. And Jesus, while he was on earth, he says, If you do not eat my flesh and blood, you have no part in me. And the manna was like, we need to know and accept what God is doing for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And that will restore a relationship. What Jesus came is the word is like in chains to us. We will not understand it until we walk into that relationship with Him so that the relationship with Jesus unlocks it for us. Relationship with Jesus unlocks this Word for us so that it has life in us. 
If you read your Bible and it does not have life for you, I want to ask you to revisit your relationship with Jesus. Because this Word can only produce life in you if you live in a relationship. Because when you're going to read it, you're going to know the voice of the speaker. Just as I realized when I got this letter from my mother, that this is not an imposter. This is my mother who wrote it. I've recognized her, her, her handwriting. I know the, the way she speaks to me. And therefore, we need to live in relationship. Life, the word that gives life is Jesus himself. This word excites me. This word excites me. And this brings me to my second point. How do we relate? Well, Jesus, walking in relationship with Jesus, and, and chain and unlock this word for me, it means I need to read it, right? I cannot leave it and, and not read it and still think it's going to produce life into me. I need to read this. Because his word says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever does my word and believe him who sent me has eternal life. Who hears my word? How will you hear his word if you're not reading this word? How do you want it to produce life in you? I remember one night in the army, in the defense force, I was, <laughs> I was in this, this, this trench and there was a bivy over me and it's raining and it's, all the water is coming in all, from all sides and it's, man, it's messy. It is wet, it's cold. And I thought to myself, man, this is a, we had this word in the army that we say, you crack. And that is when things is getting too much for you. And that night I was about to feel like, man, I can crack. I remember something that my dad said to me in his letter. Oh, did that give me strength. That, that encourages me. That, that get me going. Because his words has reminded me of who I am. And what he thinks of me. I can tell you many stories of the Defense Force. Great stories. We need to read this word. Someone says, Blessed is the man who delights himself and meditate upon the word. On the law of the Lord. We need to reflect on these words. As I've been through difficult circumstances in the defense forces, when I reflected on the words that my mom and dad said to me, that it gave me strength and courage. <laughs> These moments, that pressure came too much, and I tell you, it's, I remember this one moment, this one day we were, this, this corporal just got angry for no reason. I have no idea. And I was, I was in the Calvary and I was still busy with my basic training. And this corporal just got very angry and we were about eight kilometers from the base doing some, some, some bush camp. And uh, we had these big bags of, of uh, horse pellets. Jan, you, you should probably know that. Pellets that you're giving to horses. And uh, they're about 80 kilograms. And this corporal says, he says, you grab a bag, 
put it on your back and you run to the base. And he's on his horse. And he's riding on his horse. And man, it was four, four we, we were four corporals in training at that moment and we were running with his backs. I think we did about a K. And my friend falls. And I stop down and I put down my bag and I pick his back up and I put it on his back and I help him up and I put the bag back on my back and here we go. And I start singing. I started to sing. I started to sing worship songs. Oh my goodness, the other three corporals started to sing with me. And we, we recited the goodness of God. We started to, to recite some scripture. Oh my goodness, when we found ourselves, we were five, down, five k's down the path and we were as strong as an ox. This corporal got so angry that he, he turns his horse around and he drove off. And we look at one another, what now? <laughs> what must we do now? So we went back to the base. A week later, this corporal calls me in and he says, I want to give my life to Jesus. And that is the beauty of God's word. It changes lives. It gives life. <laughs> For God's word to give life, we need to repent where we're wrong. We, we're in contradiction with this word. We need to have humility in our heart to recognize, Jesus, you're right. I'm wrong. My wife and myself, we've been married for 28 years. I remember how many times I have to say sorry. <laughs> but keep the relationship healthy. When I made mistakes, the many times that I as a husband had to run and say, you know what? I don't care what you did, but what I did is wrong. Can you forgive me? That made the relationship strong and healthy. The last point. For the word of God to bring life, we need to respond to it. We need to apply it to our lives. <laughs> Jesus used those words, and I love how Nakezi said, he said, um, when, not if. And Jesus says, he says, when the storms come. Not if. When the storms come. It means we are guaranteed that storms are going to come. They're going to happen. But when they come, Jesus says, the man who hears my word and who does it is like a man who builds on a rock. He says, and and when that storm comes and it blows and it heats against that house, it stands. He says, but the man who hears my word and don't do it is like a man who built on sand. There's no foundation. We need to abide, obey the word. We need to respond to the word through obedience. Now you're going to say to me, Pastor, now how does that look like? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Let's read the scripture. I told you I've been in the book of Proverbs. Let your fountain be blessed. Listen, fountain, not fountains. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely dear, a graceful dew. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated 
always in her life. If you want life in your marriage, if you want the Word to bring life into your marriage, you need to obey that Word. Because if you're going to look at pornographic material, whose breast are you delighting in? If there's more than one fountain in your life, whose breast are you delighting in? The Word of God, if you want a happy marriage, if you want a life, a marriage full of life, and you want the Word to speak into that, we have to obey the Word. The Word says the fountain, not fountains of your life, your youth. <laughs> I know, I, I'm, I'm, I may be a little bit passionate about this one, but you know what? We're quick to come and say, pray for my marriage, but we're not applying the Word. And we want God to do wonders in our lives, but we're not using His Word. So if Proverbs 5, 18 does not apply to me, because Jesus, you didn't live in my time, you don't know what I'm going through, then I can take that page of the Bible and say, I don't need it. Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Oh Lord, you don't know what my mother did to me. I cannot forgive her. God, how can I do this word? This is not possible. Lord, I think it's for my brother, I think it's for my sister, but this is not for me. If you want the word to produce life, you're going to have to obey it. If you want to have a life that is prosperous, you're going to have to obey it. Matthew 5, 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to his counsel. And whoever says, your fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Lord, you don't know what my brother did. You don't know what he has taken from me. Lord, you were not in my shoes. This is not for me, Jesus. If we want the Word of God to bring life, because when I read these words, when I hear these words, they're familiar to me. And I know. I hear this voice. I know His handwriting. I know I'm so familiar with the tone of His Word that I'm quick to respond to this. Oh, goodness. My favorite one. And you're going to say it's probably the only scripture Pastor Tiam knows. I can promise you it's not. <laughs> but it's one of my favorites. Go therefore and make disciples. Teach them. Oh, no, no, no. Let's go again. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'll be with you till the end of ages. Oh, Jesus, no, that's for, that's for Pastor John. That is my connect leader. Ah, it's for Niketi, our evangelist, Lord. This, this, this is not for me. If you want to prosper, you want to grow, if you want to walk with God and be, be fruitful, Psalm 1 says this, He who delights and meditate upon the word of the Lord is like a man who is like a tree that is planted next to water streams, who bears fruit in season, and whose leaves never withers. And everything he sets his hands to, he shall prosper in. Do you want life in everything that you set your hands to? Delight yourself and meditate upon the word of God. Do you be like a, a tree that is planted next to water stream? When COVID comes, no matter what hits, you will be like a tree that's leaves never wither. Jesus says, in John 5, He says, how we glorify the Father by being fruitful. He says, be fruitful. Through that, you glorify the Father. I want to be fruitful. But the only way I can do it the only way that it produces life in me is when He births life in me. And I read these words and I say, I know this word. I have heard it. Jesus, I am quick to do it. That is how the word produces life into our lives. Can I ask you to stand with me as we close? I've been praying this week for us as a service. This word in Acts 2, verse 42 and 43, really just stuck with me the whole time. And it says, and they, who was they? It was the early church in Acts. They devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles. They devoted them to Scripture. And the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And I love verse 43. The result of that was, and all came upon all, every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I'm longing to see God work in 2022 in our midst. I'm long to see the awe of God resting upon all of us. But to do that, we have to be devoted. We have to be devoted to this word. We have to be devoted to fellowship. We need to seek out the moments when we can be together. We need to be devoted to break bread together and eat together. We need to be devoted to prayer. When a corporate prayer meeting is organized, we run to it. Not because it's a religious act, but because it's the light in the Lord. 
It's the light in my father. When my son from Durban phones me, I will leave everything and I will take that call because I see his name coming up. And I said, oh my goodness, I can't wait to hear this man's voice. I'm taking the light in him. When we, when we cry out to God, when we call upon him, he takes the light in us. Can we take the light in him? Oh my goodness, is God not good? Can I ask you, if you have, you know this word has spoken to you and you need to grow in your devotion to read God's word, to reflect on it, to meditate upon it, and you need to respond to it. While everyone closes their eyes, can you raise your hand and say, Stian, pray for me? Because I, want, I, I myself want to grow even more in that. I want to say, Jesus, I need grace. I need your strength, Father. And I, I want to delight in your word. The mornings I wake up and I feel like I don't want to read it. Jesus, I want to feel like I want to read your word. Can we just devote ourselves to it? That's you. And you want me to pray with you? Please raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I come and I stand with this beautiful family before you, Jesus. And I say, Lord, help us all. We want to grow. We want to grow in your word. We want to love your word. We want to, we want to be devoted to it, Jesus. We want to hunger and a thirst for it, Jesus. Oh, we want to, it is like news on the battlefront, Lord. When the bullets blow over your head and you think about, oh God, how great and mighty are you. You said that you have, you, you will guard me from the front, the left, and the back, Lord. I know you're with me. Lord, I pray, grow us in boldness, in courage, and in strength, and in discipline, O oh Lord, to create good habits in our lives, meditating and reading your word, O oh Father. I pray this in Jesus' name.